hear at length from one of the up-and-coming Welsh coaches and his international story on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Scott Sneddon is a former Cardiff and Morgan Wanderers player who's moved to London and Hong Kong to pursue a rugby coaching career. He's moving back to the UK to take charge of rugby at Loughborough University and he's part of the coaching pathway under WIU performance coach manager Dan Clements. Graham Gillespie found out so much more. Well, first of all, can we recap your playing career? I know you played for two or three clubs, so... Uh... Yeah, started off at Cardiff Met, and then moved, well, which was then UIC, but yeah. I then moved to Cardiff RFC, uh, and I was in the Cardiff Blues Academy for a couple of years, and then moved from there, I had a brief stint at Cross Keys, and then Richard Hodges, who, who's obviously been at the Blues for a while, took me to Glamorgan Wanderers, so I had a few good years there and then he moved on to Cardiff RSC and he took me with him and then moved on to Newport before moving to London. Yeah, and that was what, so, Roslyn Park, wasn't it, you played there? Or? Yeah, so I moved to London uh, in 2013 to set up my own sales agency. I was coach development within the Cardiff Blues region up until 2013 and it was a great job. It was a good opportunity for me because I was only 23, 24 at the time when I was starting. There was no real opportunity for me to develop any further there because I was obviously still playing. I was still quite young. So I moved to London in 2013 and then was at Roslyn Park for four years. Initially went as just a player and then four weeks after joining, I was player coach. I went from being player coach, unfortunately had a few nasty injuries and then fell into sort of a, a head coach role in my last year there. And then from that, I came out to Hong Kong to visit uh, my best man, Tom Isaacs, who you'll you'll obviously know well from Wales Sevens and the Ospreys and Dragons. But I came out to visit him for his 30th birthday in Hong Kong and bumped into Lee Jones and Di Reese, who were both out and, and they were sort of leading the whole coaching program out here. And started talking to them and they said there might be a couple of opportunities to, to come out and coach. Unfortunately, had a interview that summer and then got a job July 2017. So I came out to Hong Kong and I was back as an attack coach of one of the premiership club sides out here and I was kicking the skills coach for the, for the Hong Kong Rugby Union. And then after a year, I moved into a head coach role at Kowloon and took over the backs and attack coach role with the, the Hong Kong Rugby Union, the national side but still doing the kicking across the 15s and 7s. So I was still working with Paul John and, and Jevon Groves. And then Rapid Rugby came about. So South China Tigers is, is what we're known, which was the national team plus the best 10 premiership players from Hong Kong. So I've been doing that, yeah, for the last two years. Up until recently where, yeah, I've accepted the role as head coach for the men's rugby programme at, at Loughborough University. Because I was going to ask you, did you have a eureka moment to become a coach? But it seems like step by step, everything's fallen into place for you on that side of things. Uh, yeah, it was quite mad, actually. When I was in university, I, was, I did science and health and exercise and sport. And the plan was actually to go into physiotherapy. Uh, but I was doing some coaching for the Cardiff Blues just within the primary schools programs, their community projects, and really enjoyed the coaching side of things. So I decided then to stay on in UIC for another year and, and did a master's in coaching science 
and at that time then I was working with Cardiff Blues in coach development and I was coaching the age grade teams. So me and Richard Hodges took the under 16s and the under 18s and then eventually the Blues under 20s. So yeah, I guess from I was 22, 23 then, something that I really enjoyed and something that I guess yeah, I wanted to strive at the time. I was probably too young to really progress my coaching career because I still had a little bit to give uh, from my playing side. Mm. But it's always something from that age for the last sort of 12, 15 years that I've really enjoyed and really been passionate about. So uh, does coaching come naturally to you? Uh, I've learned a lot. I think as I was a coach probably, yeah, 12 years ago to where I am now, I would have changed probably significantly, hopefully for the better. A long time ago, coaching was about, I wanted everything to be perfect. A good session to me then would be a success rate of probably 90%. It would be a little bit sort of fluffy. Everything would be easy. But actually understanding now that the challenge and failure is a good thing within coaching. So people learn learn a lot more from that. So I think, yeah, that's probably been the main change Although I'm I'm still quite a positive person and a positive coach, I think the main change would be that understanding that failure is where a lot of people learn learn from and they grow from. So that would be probably one of the main things for me. Yeah, because I remember years ago when I talked to Sean Fitzpatrick, the All Blacks always won their game, so I hardly ever lose. But he said you yeah. learn more from losing the game than you ever do in, in winning a game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think winning's good when you get there um, but sometimes when you're winning you, you can almost paper over the cracks a little bit yeah. just because of uh, not that you you don't review games and preview oppositions and things like that but you know sometimes if you're winning you, you do tend to maybe overlook little bits of detail because that's not the focus at the time whereas you pick up every single little bit of detail when you're losing it probably sometimes can be too much probably to the detriment of what you're trying to achieve but yeah you definitely learn a lot more from losing not that I want to be doing it week in week out so uh, let's talk briefly then about the high performance coaching program that that you're on why did you feel that you wanted to go on it for me I I spoke to Dan I think when he first came in post I think it was just over 18 months ago and I've obviously my affiliation to the Welsh Rugby Union is yeah, from 15 years ago. So I've always wanted to sort of head back home as it would be. My parents are still in Lantern Major. And when I spoke to Dan, he talked about the content and he talked about the opportunities that he wanted to build a pathway for young coaches within Wales. And, and he talked about the content of what was going to be on the course and some of the lecturers and some of the people that were going to be on the course. And for me, it was about the content and also the confidence, I guess, that Dan talked about young coaches and the importance of young Welsh coaches being involved within the game. From day one, from the initial conversation, it was wanting to really improve myself, but also learn a little bit more about probably a little bit more depth than, than what I'd learned previously around, I guess, the theory of the everyday coaching on yeah. field and off field. And, and that really excited me. So do you think the programme has uh, delivered for you? Yeah, if I'm honest with you, when I was in coach development, I think it was at times potentially a tick box. But I would yeah. say from being on, on the course the last 18 months, it's definitely definitely within the context of the game. It's not just a course for the sake of having a course. It's all the theories based towards everything that we do day to day. 
A lot of it's about interdisciplinary teams and the, and the problem-based scenarios that you come across and I've come across within everyday coaching. Mm. Uh, and it's good to understand the theory behind the decisions we make. So f- for me, I, it's definitely been probably, well, it has been the best coaching course that, that I've been on and one that I've learned a hell of a lot from. I suppose you're obviously in Hong Kong and everyone else is over here. You might have thought, well, you're going to be the only one doing it uh, you know, online. But as it's turned out, you haven't been at a disadvantage <laughs> at all with COVID, have you? Well, it's quite funny. The first two blocks of the course, I, I actually travelled back to the UK. So it, it was great for me. It was an excuse to see the family as well. But it was also a good opportunity for me to engage with a lot of the group that I previously played against or, or coached against. And it was good to share ideas. Obviously, COVID came around and it was pretty unfortunate. I couldn't get back for the last two blocks, but it just shows actually that you can get a lot of things done. You can still have the interactions. You can still have the engagement online. I still don't think it's as good as it would be in person, but the way that they've organized the course in terms of having breakout groups on Zoom and still being able to to give us a lot of the group work that we've had to put together it is what it is. It's not been ideal, but the way that the guys have put it together has been brilliant. And the actual programme, have you got out of it what you wanted to get out of it? Yeah, I, I, I guess for me, it's, it's learning from other people's experiences. Within Hong Kong, I'm pretty lucky that there's six coaches from different teams that we all sit in the, in the same office. Uh, so we do share experiences. Yeah. But I've been here sort of uh, three and a half years now, and whilst I still get in touch with some of the likes of sort of Richard Hodges, Richie Reese back in the UK, back in Wales, sorry, because they're guys that yeah. you know I've known a long time. You know, the speaking to the likes of Emir Phillips, Sam Williams, Matt O'Brien, you get different perspectives on different environments. So learning from those guys' experiences that have been in environments with some really good coaches. I've learned a lot from that. But the main thing for me is the coaching that we do, it almost comes natural in terms of you do things without thinking about the detail behind it. The theory that that we've gone in depth into over the last 18 months has definitely given me some, yeah, some background or a little bit more background than I knew about why I'm making certain decisions. So it's informed a lot of the, the coaching up until now. Just mentioning all those guys you just have over here, there's always this, uh, you know, the belief that oh, there's, there's no young coaches coming through, yada, yada, yada. But all those guys alongside yourself, you're all pretty young, aren't you? Yeah, I think I'm probably the oldest or one of the oldest on the course, so at <laughs> 35. Um, so I think there's some very good coaches on the course and credit to Jerry and credit to Dan for identifying the people that were on there. But I would definitely say that the likes of Matt O'Brien, Sam Hobbs, Sam Williams, don't want to miss anybody out now, but Swanky, Emmy Phillips, those guys have been around the game a long time. They've picked up some good experiences from some different environments and you know they definitely know the detail and they've also got the ambition to go and coach higher level. So whilst people may say there isn't young coaches around, there definitely is. I think yeah. it's just giving maybe those guys the opportunity to go and step into other roles. So uh, when you first started coaching, did you think you knew what a good coach is? And has that view changed over the last couple of years? Definitely not saying that I knew what a good coach was. I think I've had experiences with some good coaches. Yeah. I think what the last six, seven years has taught me is 
you have good coaches and you pick up good little things from those guys, but you're always learning. So you're always developing and the game is always developing. The people you're coaching are always changing. So probably my coaching from 10 years ago to where I'm coaching now, I'm, I'm coaching a different generation. So you've got to adapt and you've got to evolve. There's always good coaches out there, but I think those good coaches are, are very good at evolving and adapting to change as it happens. And I think that's the most important thing, I think, at the moment. So uh, when you went to Hong Kong, well, what was your thinking? Was it just to spend a bit of time over there, coaching-wise, life experiences-wise, and then get a bit more experience and come back and get a decent job in the UK? Or? If I'm honest with you, I was in London for four years and I had a sales agency selling Under Armour Teamwear, which, um, <laughs> which was a, a good company and I really enjoyed it. And alongside, I was obviously coaching with Roslyn Park. And I think my passion then was probably to the detriment of my work that I was really enjoying the coaching side of things. and I, I wanted to go and coach full time. There was no opportunities within the UK. So I, I knew of the environment within Hong Kong and I knew they had two professional setups with the sevens and fifteens. And I thought it was my only opportunity at the time to get into full-time coaching. So, yeah, I guess for me, it was the opportunity to get into full-time coaching, but also sort of a, a life experience, mm. uh, I guess an adventure to go and take myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I could have stayed in London, but there's no guarantees that I would have gone into full-time coaching. I knew of what Hong Kong was like, and I, and I knew the setup through Tom Isaacs and Jevon Groves and Paul John. And, you know, obviously I, I lent on them for advice, and they said it would be a good opportunity for me to get into full-time coaching. And, yeah, it's been brilliant for me in terms of being in a full-time environment for three and a half years. And I don't know if I would have had that opportunity back in the UK if I'd still been there. So uh, you mentioned Hong Kong and everyone instantly thinks oh, it's just sevens, but it's not, is it? No, it's not. It, there is a full-time sevens program, which uh, obviously John Z leads up and, and Jevons head coach there now. But there's a full-time 15s program, I think 35, 36 full-time employed professional players there. And they cover across the six premiership clubs. And all the six premiership head coaches are involved within coaching the national program. And then Andrew Hall that used to be at the Dragons and Lee Jones then oversee the full-time program. So I don't think many people would have known that. But it, for me, it, it's a great environment for us to learn from different coaches. There's some Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere. So it definitely gives us an idea of people's thoughts of different styles of, of attack and defence from different hemispheres. A lot of the names and the coaches that you mentioned are Welsh. They say the Welsh don't travel, yeah. but why is it they all seem to go to Hong Kong? Yeah, there's there was the Welsh Tafia over here, which I think the guys back home call it. So Diaries came across, I'm going to say it was about 12 years ago now. He's actually back in the UK teaching at the moment. But Lee Jones then went to coach in Japan and then came back to Hong Kong. I think probably a good thing for me and a few other guys that... I guess we've been fortunate enough to, to have that Welsh network to yeah. potentially help us with the opportunity of coming out of here and coaching. Obviously, there was a pretty thorough sort of interview process, um, but it's always good to have somebody, I guess, that potentially knows you from back home that can put a decent word in. And with being so far away, it could be a case of uh, out of sight, out of mind. But obviously, with the program that Dan's implemented, that's not been the case, has it? No, it hasn't. If I'm honest with you, it's always probably been a little bit of a worry of mine coming across here. 
as we've just talked about, I don't think many people know about the professional setup out here and, and the opportunity within coaching and the exposure to different environments. So I've always been wary of how credible it would be coaching out here. But when I initially spoke to Dan and Jerry and talked about the international coaching that I've been involved in, the exposure I've had to rapid rugby and playing the likes of Western Force, sort of Samoa, Fiji, and then playing in the World Cup Rapid Charge, they were pretty complimentary of the exposure that I'd had and the experience I'd had. So yeah, whilst I was wary initially, Dan's given me confidence of firstly getting on the course, but throughout the whole course of telling me that the exposure I'm having, the experience that I'm having is going to benefit me in the long run. So uh, coaching-wise, have you um, picked pieces from other coaches to suit you or how is your coaching style, if you like, developed? I think you always pick up things from the coaches that you've had coaching you previously. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have some really good coaching when I was, I, I guess, coming through the age groups. Gareth Baber, uh, Richard Hodges, Chris Owa. A lot of those guys obviously are still coaching now and, and doing pretty well out of it. Those guys were very detailed coaches and, and I took a lot from them. But also the, I've had some good exposure to guys out here in, from New Zealand, Australia. I was lucky to go down and see Steve Tandy uh, when he was at the Waratahs. So for me, you pick up little bits from each coach. I guess my coaching style would be around the detail, but for me, what I feel like I'm right at or I'm good at is building connections and caring about players. So the ability to build trust and hopefully then those players will repay you with the trust that they've got. Am I right in thinking you started out as a kicking coach? Yeah, so... So are you glad you've made the move away just solely from kicking? Yeah, I started out within the Blues age grade. That was really my... That's where I started. But then alongside that, I saw at the time there was an opportunity for some kicking coaching within guess, schools, colleges, universities, or within clubs that there wasn't actually that many specialist coaches around. I still don't think there is actually that many. So I saw that an avenue for me to get into either a full-time environment or grow my reputation as a coach. I didn't have a credible name as a player. Uh, I'd like to think as a kicker, then I did have a bit of a, a credible name. So mm. it would give me an opportunity or a bit of a springboard to go into that full-time environment. Let's talk about your new role then. Going to Loughred, do you think it's been a good learning environment for where you are now going into that environment? Yeah, I think the Loughred role is is an exciting one. And the main thing that they talk about is sport is a big part of their strategy for the university and it's about developing people. And for me, that's one of my main missions and, and sort of values within my coaching philosophy is, is developing better people. So I generally feel that if you develop better people you'll you'll get the most out of them as players from the Hong Kong point of view I I've been fortunate enough to obviously coach within the full-time environment and coach some good up-and-coming youngsters and try and develop those guys but from the club point of view part of my role when I first came out was coaching the under 19s and now my role within the club is is head coach but it's also aligning the youth program and the development pathway from under 13s all the way to seniors so I'd like to think a lot of what I've learned over here the last few years will stand me in good stead for when I go to Loughborough. Do you think uni rugby or Bucks rugby, call it what you want, is sort of like a, 
an untapped resource because I look at a couple of Harlequins lads now playing come from Cardiff Met. Cardiff Blues have just yep. signed Alice Bevan. And I think Loughborough, didn't they have the French guy a couple of years ago playing for team rugby and now he's playing for Toulouse? Yeah, definitely. So um, there, there is talent there. Do you think it's been not neglected, but maybe professionally wise, it's not an area that's been looked at to its fullest extent? Yeah, I, if I'm honest with you, I agree with you. The university rugby setup in the last 10 years has just gone from strength to strength to the point now that they're full-time academies. But they've also, majority of them, maybe not all of them, but definitely within Loughborough, they've they've actually got better support than what potential academies would have within regions or with the clubs within the Premiership. So the whole infrastructure and the support that Loughborough have got, the likes of Cardiff Met have got, when these guys come out of university, they're coming out as as professional athletes. They've had the coaching that academy players will have. So I'm not surprised by the emergence of sort of Luke Northmore, Domran, those sorts of guys, Dan Kelly within Loughborough, Freddie Stewart, the fullback at Leicester. So it doesn't surprise me that the premiership clubs and the regions are starting to pick up these sorts of players because they're young men that have matured throughout university, not just as, as rugby players, but as people. So they've got a good bit of life experience about them but they've effectively been a full-time rugby academy for three years. And I think it's just going to go from strength to strength. And it's not a bad standard of rugby either, is it? No, it's not. I've obviously watched quite a few games and we've recruited a few boys from Cardiff Met out in Hong Kong for our premiership teams. And the standard of rugby is good. And a lot of those guys will go and play A-League rugby. The next step up from that is to go and play regional rugby. So these guys are and not just filling gaps. These guys are actually pushing the quality of that standard. Over the next few years, it wouldn't surprise me if more and more of these BSR rugby players are going on to get full-time professional contracts. Finally, uh, where do you hope to be in, say, I don't know, three, four, five years' time? It's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, for me, I'm 35 now. I've still got a lot to learn. You know, I'm keen to learn. I'm keen to get better. So I think the plan... F- in Loughborough for the next three to five years is to go and develop as many people as possible to move on either into professional rugby or whether it be championship national one but get some good exit routes for some good young players and then hopefully get some success within Bucks and the National League and if we can do that then three to five years time if there is an opportunity within one of the regions or within you know a sort of a tier one club professionally then ideally yeah, either a backs coach, attack coach or skills kick in, something like that would be something that I'd probably three to five years would be something I'd be looking at. Three to five years is quite a long. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those where at the moment you probably got to take each year as it comes and and then. Especially now in these times, you just don't know, do you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment. I guess you can only control things that, you know, you can. If you start to worry about other things, then... Yeah, you you can't really do it. So it's certainly someone interesting to keep an eye on. And it's interesting as well just how those coach development courses are beginning to see people emerge through them. We'll start looking ahead to that opening Six Nations clash against Ireland next week, of course, on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.